And so regenerative real estate can go as deep as the regenerative design by looking at, you know, why are we considering the rain that falls on our roof stormwater whenever that is a precious vital resource? And why are we powering our homes with fossil fuels that are extractive and degradive whenever we can be powering them from the earth and the sun and, and free resources? And why are we degrading mountaintops and, and faraway landscapes whenever we can use local non-toxic materials that we know are just beneficial for our health and we can do it in a way that is beneficial for the economy and for the ecology. And so that's really the, the basis of regenerative real estate. Welcome to Home Green Homes podcast. I am Izumi Tanaka, a green home advisor and a green realtor. Here I invite variety of experts in the world of green homes and have conversations about how we can all live in healthy, resilient, and efficient homes. My guests provide insight in a wide range of topics from designing, building, and living in green homes, purchasing or financing green homes and improvements, to how we can live to reduce the negative environmental impact from the way we live. My goal is to inspire and inform you about how we can make a difference in our own lives and our environment. So Neil and Alyssa, thank you so much for being here with me today. I am so grateful. Um, so Neil and Alyssa Collins started this thing called Latitude Regenerative Real Estate. So I am, I, I am so excited to find you guys. So first of all, I want you to explain or define what regenerative real estate is. Well, I'll just say thank you, Izumi, for bringing us on today. It's an honor to be alongside you in this journey. And we're excited to get to know your audience and share a little bit more about our work. But Neil, would you like to to step in and, and define what regenerative real estate is? Yeah, thanks. We, we really appreciate that. We began our, our real estate journey, really understanding real estate from the conventional side, especially on the transactional side. And we knew it from bedrooms and bathrooms and square footages, uh, but we didn't really realize that you know, homes are, are so much more than just the four walls and the roof over our heads and the, the features of them. And, and so we started to really look at, you know, what are the ways that we can, we can make an impact in our lives through our houses? And we looked around and we started to realize that, you know, we want to become more sustainable, but sustainability in real estate has always been defined by electrification and energy efficiency and, and really great things. Uh, but it didn't seem like it was going far enough. It didn't seem like we were talking about, how do we not only reduce our, our energy consumption, but how do we look at a broader picture that impacts our health and our well-being and our community and even our, our landscape, uh, our outer landscapes and our inner landscapes. Mm -hmm. And so we, we started to realize, you know, this isn't sustainability. This is something a little bit deeper. And that's how we, we stumbled upon regeneration. And so regenerative real estate can go as deep as the regenerative design by looking at, 
you know, why are we considering the rain that falls on our roofs stormwater whenever that is a precious vital resource? Mm -hmm. And why are we powering our homes with fossil fuels that are extractive and degradative whenever we can be powering them from the earth and the sun and, and free resources? Mm -hmm. And why are we degrading mountaintops and, and faraway landscapes whenever we can use local non-toxic materials that we know are just beneficial for our health and we can do it in a way that is beneficial for the economy and for the ecology. And so that's really the, the basis of regenerative real estate. Well, thank you so much for that. I am so um, appreciative of all these ideas that you are just describing because I've always felt that pull into really, you know, being in harmony with our environment rather than, you know, be us being a human being just, you know, utilizing or taking advantage of. But I'm just curious where you guys come from. Like, you know, how did you end up? Well, first of all, how did you find each other? <laughs> and why do you think that you got here? Or what brought you to this place that you are today? Yeah. Yeah, we, we found each other in a lovely little town in South uh, Eastern Vermont called Brattleboro in graduate school. Mm. We went to the SIT Graduate Institute, which is a school that has a focus on international development, sustainable development, conflict transformation. And so really a, a global perspective was the framework, but acting locally. So we always knew that being a part of our communities and acting locally was really important to us. So that's where we met. And it was also rooted in experiential learning. So we were required to be one year on campus and one year off campus applying theory into practice. And it took Neil and I on quite a lovely time of wandering and exploring this world. And we uh, went to India and lived in Ahmedabad, India and really got to understand uh, you know, the place of Ahmedabad, Gandhi was from there. And so Gandhian philosophy was woven through everything. And that was a really wonderful way for us to get connected to place. We found ourselves in the Maldives doing climate change adaptation research and threatened species conservation. Essentially doors would open and we would say yes. And it took us on a very lovely a very lovely exploration of these great complex issues that we are facing, right? Climate change adaptation and how do we fit in? So you kind of talked about that at the beginning, you know, these homes, how do we fit into these homes and how do these homes fit into our neighborhoods? So the world was essentially uh, the, the place that we explored also seeking where do we fit in to all of this? Yeah, and I, the, our personal story is, is such an interesting thread in this because we we hit a point where we didn't know what we were going to do next it we loved the the mission driven pursuit of our work and the organizations that we were exposed to but we we're still you know fresh out of graduate school trying to make it work and it, we we're actually listening to a podcast funny enough whenever podcasts really first came out and we we're driving uh, across the u.s thinking maybe a PhD was in the future. Like, how do we, how do we actually go up the, 
the either corporate ladder or the nonprofit ladder. It didn't really matter. We just needed to make financial ends meet more. And we were listening to a podcast about real estate and they were talking about investing in real estate and the possible uh, passive income that you can get from it. And it was like a light bulb had, had gone off in my head, <laughs> maybe not so much in Alyssa's head, but I said, you know, maybe this is a way that we can do good or we can do well financially that would then enable us to do good out in the, the broader world and, and really continue our passion projects. And with that, we, we picked Portland, Oregon as, as a home base, and it was um, kind of an exploding city at the time. There was a lot going on. It was um, definitely put on the map by Portlandia, the show, and it, it had a lot of just really amazing values and farmer's markets and bikeability and great weather and, and things like that. And, and we, we jumped headfirst into, into the real estate industry, first from how do you go out and work with buyers so that, or sellers so that we can buy small multifamily properties, fix them up, put uh, renters in there. And, and I was like, okay, we're, we're understanding finance. We're understanding how these properties come together, the sticks and the bricks. And we, we ended up just going down this path of this, let's build out a service company for this. And we, we ended up building a, a pretty large boutique property management company and a boutique real estate firm uh, with about 20 agents. And, and we woke up in 2019 and realized, you know, we've, we've been at this for seven years and it is transactional thinking at its best. Mm -hmm. We're helping, like we, we liked our clients. They were great people, um, but there was, there was no greater discussion around how does this really move the needle? And we, we had a kid in 2016 and it was just, it, it was starting, we're starting to face the music of, you know, what are we doing? We, we know that we're facing really large complex problems in the 21st century. And how is our work and our energy and our time going to, to solve them? And that's whenever we knew we, <laughs> Conventional real estate probably wasn't going to be in our future much longer. I just like, I mean, if I can just add really quickly, I have been pretty disenchanted with the real estate industry since the beginning. So full disclosure for, for everybody, it's been, I felt like a square peg in a round hole. It just didn't really make sense to me. And while we had the, the very important initiation of founding these companies and growing them and, and essentially proving to the world that we could provide a great service and that people wanted to work with us. When Neil mentioned like waking up in 2019, we just did not have any of our values, our personal values intertwined in the businesses. And those values stemmed from our time together in graduate school and being in India and the Maldives and you know, in the Maldives, we got to swim in the ocean literally for two years, every single day. Mm. And we were so disconnected from the environment, right? These really important components of who, what makes us feel whole, right? So that's how we get into regeneration is wholeness yeah. rather than this compartmentalized, like, oh, you're just buying or selling and then that's it. Mm -hmm. And thankfully the property management company though, 
despite the challenges taught us though that yeah life happens after this it closes right you have to manage this property or this investment mm -hmm. so how can you do that in a more mindful way and that those questions led us to the point though of saying oh wow I don't think we can fix what we've built. We're going to have to start over. But maybe it wasn't a fixing. It was more of an internal thing that uh, the real estate industry does a great job of delineating that you're an investor of real estate. Even if you're a home buyer, you're, this is the largest investment that you're going to make of your life. Right. And we just flip the question to what if we were stewards of properties? Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. And that's whenever it, it really started to come together in our heads and it, it started to take a very different direction that we found we don't have to be the best real estate professionals out there. We just need to be different. And we need to be talking to the people that are really into the stuff that we're into. <laughs> and it turns out if you're looking under the banner of sustainability and regeneration, there are so many amazing people out there that are really into the message that mm -hmm. we're putting out because it's, the people that are that are into sustainability to zero and no waste, mm -hmm. uh, electric vehicles, permaculture, edible landscapes, native landscapes, you know, passive house, biodynamics, like you name it. And there is such an explosion of interest that we thought that we were just going to be talking to a small subset of people. And we were kind of worried at first of, did we just drive our careers off a cliff? <laughs> uh, because the built environment is still rooted in the 19th and 20th century. Mm -hmm. And we thought, you know, if, if we're going to make an impact, then we need to prepare the built environment for the 21st and the 22nd centuries. And if people aren't there right now, can we still make a business at this? And what we found is that there's just that subset of people is, is it might be an inch deep, but it is a mile or an inch wide, but it's a mile deep. And, and it's so amazing to actually connect with those kinds of people that are just as passionate and are really helping to, to lead the charge. I so appreciate that. When I talked to Alyssa the first time, I, I was like having chills all, all the time. And I'm just getting chills listening to you because I just so relate to what you are saying. I have been licensed as an agent for almost four years, but I was already disenchanted with the business to start with uh, because I have been around my husband who's been in the real estate business for almost 30 years. But that's why I, I got my NAR green designation right away. But I always felt like I was um, a square peg in the round hole. And, but you know, in the beginning, I tried to be the round peg as well like the first couple of years I was trying so hard to like listen to all the webinars and you know uh, boot camps and management coaching sessions and whatnot but it, it only when I decided that I just need to stay with my own compass and how do I be a real estate agent in this in this kind of environment, especially where I come from in Los Angeles, it's very luxury uh, oriented. You know, like the bigger the better kind of market. So how do I establish my own value in that? And so I have been really almost I can say almost struggling to find my way to to build my 
own real estate business. So I really, I, I'm really excited to have found you. So then, um, and then what is the vision? Tell me about the latitude. How, where did you came to this idea of real estate, uh, re regenerative real estate? So tell me about the vision for latitude. How did you come up with this community? I mean, right now we have what, how many people? We have 13 oh members. Gosh, 13. Yay. Well, I so, would say 15, including 15. Neil and myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> but with um, our affiliate agents as well, mm -hmm. they help us at least have a, a bigger reach where we've got, we're about 30 now. Okay. And the vision has really also been infused by the members. Neil and I originally thought that we would have a Portland-based real estate team focused on sustainability and regeneration. Mm -hmm. Neil also became licensed in Washington. So yeah, maybe we were going to head up to Seattle and be in the Pacific Northwest. And out of COVID, this is one of those COVID stories, mm -hmm. we went online as everybody else did. Yeah. And the podcast, the Regenerative Real Estate Podcast, proved to be a space of creativity and exploration and the people who found it have also come forth and said hey I want to be a part of this so that's when our first member Daniel mm. our, our colleague in Hudson New York joined and through EXP we were able to hop state borders relatively easily mm -hmm. under the brand of Latitude and I've always had a wild vision that we can be in every country that EXP operates in. Mm -hmm. If not the entire world, we are connected on these, this global platform where, and the internet helps us do this work, but we know that regeneration is ultimately getting connected to place and finding home. So um, it's a place-based activity, but we have a global opportunity here. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the word latitude, it, it denounces a particular place on this planet. And what is so interesting to me is that we, how I conceive my business, and I, and I think that I'm starting to make an impact with the other uh, latitude, we call them change agents instead of real estate agents. Because that's, I, I personally don't identify as a realtor. You know, if you look at the, the realtor industry, and I, I think we're, we're going through a lot of change and maybe this is why you're also struggling with the same thing I was, mm. is that it's the same platitudes that we're regurgitating of, you know, let us help you find your dream home. That's the, the value proposition of a buyer's agent. And then a listing agent says, you know, my job is to help you sell your house for the most amount of money in the least amount of time. Well, there's 8,000 other people in our metropolitan area that are saying the exact same thing and 2 million across the country. And so we said, well, what is our value if we're still going to be on the transactional side? And we started to listen and we would, we had an architect that came to us with a net zero home mm -hmm. and said, I asked my realtor if she could give me an opinion of value for my property. And she said, well, what's net zero mean? And that's when we realized the realtor community has not really thought about this of what what is net zero energy or net zero water? How do you ask those questions? And then how do you apply a methodology to understanding not only value, but how do you go tell that story? 
-hmm. How does the story of this place and what is special about it and the features resonate with a potential buyer so that they know this is it. This is where I want to be. It's not like the place that we just toured or the 20 before that, but there is something that I can feel in my stomach and my bones that, that really attracts me to this. Mm -hmm. And so we, we realize that if you're listing a property, that's what it is. We're storytellers. We're not so much marketers. And on the buyer side, because there isn't, I can't just go bring a home buyer to 20 different regenerative and sustainable properties in a weekend. It doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And so we realize that the value is not so much finding these properties as it is. Look at all these other homes that are existing and how do we take a conventional property and transform it in on the regenerative process so that we can impact place and place can impact us and that there is a, a beautiful cycle of, of reciprocity there and that hopefully we can be giving back more than what we're consuming. Oh my God, I'm having chills all over again. <laughs> Me too. So beautiful. So beautiful. Thank you so much. Yeah. So you said change agents, right? So, so who are they? Who are the change agents that you have, um, you have in your sort of this tribe, I'm calling it tribe, but you are calling it ecosystem, but who are they? Who are change agents? Are they all in Portland? And I know Daniel is in Hudson, New York, and you have been kind of spreading your wings to other states. But tell me about the change agents. Okay. <laughs> change agents are wonderful people who I've found ha have dedicated themselves to solving these issues. And, and what's really interesting is some, most of them have transitioned out of careers. Mm -hmm. And so our change agents are folks who have become licensed maybe pretty recently. We're, mm -hmm. you know, we're a very, in the, in the real estate space, we're a young group, right? Mm -hmm. You've been licensed for four years. I've been licensed since 2015, mm -hmm. um, Neil, since I think 2016 or 17. So we're just young, but we know that it hasn't been working, right? The message of the, of the NAR green mm -hmm. designation hasn't been reaching. So everybody is new to the real estate space relatively, and they're eager to make change in their communities mm -hmm. and have impact and have a meaningful and purpose-driven life. Mm -hmm. And every day I'm a, I have so much gratitude and appreciation for those who have shown up because one of the questions, of course, for a change agent is, are you ready to be a culture creator? And are you ready to be a leader? Because at this point in the evolution of latitude, we need culture creators and leaders mm -hmm. alongside of us. We, we can't do it alone. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, for me, what's so powerful about the model that we have is that there is tremendous power and opportunity and money in the real estate industry. Mm -hmm. And folks like us, if you're looking for deeper meaning, if you're looking for a mission-based approach, it, it's very hard to find uh, in the conventional way that we practice real estate. Mm 
Right. Now, like providing amazing customer service, of course, like that is great. Becoming friends with your clients, you know, I just invited one for dinner next week. Uh, and, and that really matters. But what we saw, and I think other people are seeing as well, is that you can, you can marry together two very interesting approaches of what is the financial impact that I need to have in my life to keep a roof over my head and like build uh, genuine wealth for my family? But how do I also tap into the values that I have? And I see it as how do I go from being a mercenary towards how many deals can I do in a year to more of a missionary to how can I contribute my time and energy and creativity into building something that is much bigger than myself and hopefully is going to impact mm -hmm. future generations down the line. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it's really, it's an, in, I found it to be an internal process. Mm -hmm. And I think that other change agents are starting to reflect on that, that mm -hmm. uh, you've got to go through that inner work. You've got to, it's, you've got to align your internal values and understand how you can lead a more regenerative life. And I think the outer transformation in their business and their life and um, their own lives really come come as a result. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, I I too am uh, very mindful about how I consume, you know, products, food, clothing, whatever that that we consume as a consumer. Um, and I find it very difficult to really be in integrity or be aligned with my own value or or my desire to be in integrity it's it's been very difficult but you know at least i am definitely always thinking about it and i think that's where we start and, and i agree with you that it really has um, it it does require a lot of introspection you know to to really look at how we are holding our lives, you know, and how, what we believe. So again, I'm really grateful that you guys are spearheading this movement. And I thought I was alone all this time and, and there you are. <laughs> yeah, the, I, let me make one quick point. Yeah. Azir brought up NAR Green and I think where the real estate industry has, has missed the mark just a little bit is that we like to perceive ourselves as experts mm -hmm. in a space, like mm -hmm. hire us because we're the expert in this. And what I've found is that whenever you're talking about transformation, especially in the built environment where technology meets finance meets uh, place, there is 50 shades of gray there. And instead of coming in and saying, this is what you have to do X, Y, and Z, I think where we bring our particular skill set is, and, and from our background of living abroad, is how do we ask really good questions? Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll tell clients that up front of, you know, my job is to help unlock the potential and to listen to your vision. And then let's go bring in our, our greater ecosystem of who is the, the rainwater harvester uh, that we can we can task with, with figuring out what the professional specs are and who's the solar provider and who's the the material uh and the biophilic designer and, and really like looking at this from we're not the experts we're the facilitators and we're the guides mm -hmm. and that's what's so amazing is that we have these other 
other real estate professionals from across the country and now across North America that are saying, yeah, I like, I want to be that culture creator and I want to see change and I want to prosper in my life financially. And, and so why not? Like, let's, let's figure out how we can do this together and ask really good questions so that we can start to, to advance the conversation that much quicker. Yeah. I think the togetherness is so important, Izumi. Mm-hmm. You know, you were feeling alone. We were feeling alone. Everyone is alone. It's just, right? It's the symptom of the time. The greatest challenge that we are facing is isolation. Right. And I think what's, the, what's so exciting about being a change agent and a part mm-hmm. of this community is doing it together. Because we know that we, in order to create the vision of the future, we have to work together with our ecosystem partners, with each other, with our clients. And it's Mm -hmm. very different than Mm -hmm. hire me as the expert and I'll just tell you what to do. Follow step one, two, three, and boom. Now you can just essentially have that convenience culture by you, your greenhouse. You know, the climate change scientists are not asking for us to go, you know, donate more money, really. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need, I mean, thank you, Elon Musk, for another hundred million, you know, heading going towards climate change adaptation. But you and me and our neighbors and our community, like we have to ask ourselves, how do we change too? Right. Because we can't abdicate our responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's a cultural shift mm-hmm. more yeah. than a yeah. technological shift. Yeah. Well, so here is the big announcement. Yeah, I am just so excited and happy to say that I have joined the Latitude and I am one of your change agents. <laughs> Yay, Izumi. It's so exciting for us, oh and especially God. about where you are. I think mm-hmm. that now where you are in, in the LA metro region, yeah. there's a lot of people that are they're, they're kind of looking up and saying, you know, where, who are the people that can help us on this journey? Mm-hmm. Like there is a lot of conscious folks down in that region mm-hmm. that are realizing in California is not mm-hmm. immune to climate change. There's a lot that's oh, going on there. We are very subject to climate change and we feel it. I mean, on a daily basis, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys are feeling it this year, this summer. Oh my God, my trees are dying because, mm-hmm. you know, from the heat and we are only allowed to water twice a week, mm-hmm. right? So I am actually breaking the rule because I want, I want my trees to live. Mm-hmm. So I'm watering more than, you know, what I'm supposed to mm-hmm. be watering. So I, I agree. And, you know, and down in Southern California and, you know, I, I'm not limiting myself to Southern California. I would walk anywhere if there is the right kind of people that I can work with. And, but my question for you, Neil, is um, do you have any suggestion in terms of working with the urban dwellers, you know, where, you know, we don't have an easy access to the nature. I mean, we, you know, we have parks, we have, you know, trees, but when you're living in the cities, it's so, easy to to not feel connected and how do how do we or how do I um, reach to these people and talk about regenerative real estate 
Mm. You know, I mean, what can we do? And all the little things that people can do in their homes, just like having, if you're living in a little condo or big condo, we, you in the high rise, you can have some indoor plants that, that can, you know, generate some oxygen for you and things, little things like that. But what would be the, the story that I can tell? Do you have well, any first, Yeah, I, I think that we first need to realize that the urban spheres are the population centers that we're going to know and we'll likely continue to see mm -hmm. um, urban areas increase in size, even though with COVID, we, we did see a bit of an exodus. Right. Uh, but over time, I do think that people really like to be around other folks. And that mm -hmm. is something that we should celebrate, that community yeah. is the basis of regenerative philosophy. Mm -hmm. And that we can really look at ourselves as placemakers, both inside our homes and outside of how do we get to how do we get to know the people next door and across the street or in the condo next door? And how do we be very intentional about that from mm -hmm. uh, one of the, the really fun ways is like if you leave a box of chalk on a sidewalk, kids are going to find that. And kids are such a great connection oh, or yeah. even a dog. You know, if you've we've seen a lot of people that will leave like a water bowl or, mm -hmm. or dog treats out on a on a walking path. I think that's you're looking for the spontaneous connection mm -hmm. that you can have a conversation. Right. And and so, you know, placemaking is a big one, but also internally or inside the home. If you don't have access to nature, one, I think we should be prioritizing that for a mm -hmm. biological and spiritual aspect, no matter what. But I, I love the term biophilia. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, even biophilic, quote unquote, biophilic designers sometimes can get this uh, a bit wrong. Well, I'm not going to say wrong. It's just a different interpretation, but inviting life into your space mm -hmm. is so critical and I like I have to give credit where credit is due. Alyssa is a nurturer and she's brought plants into our house and she is an altar creator and she collects, she's holding onto a rock that she found at the beach the other day. Um, and so I think that watching her, I really got to understand what, what is biophilia? Biophilia is an appreciation of nature and mm -hmm. surrounding yourself by it so that you can, you can get those, those calming benefits and, and being able to, to center yourself and be mindful. That's, that's biophilia to me. It's not just how many houseplants can I get, but what's the, the spiritual component to it? I, I agree. I think that bringing in the spirituality, whether it's any kind of a religious practice, or it doesn't have to be a religion, it just has to, you know, have that space for, um, you know, our connecting with the, the, the source, the bigger something, right? I, I am very much with you. And I'm so excited to be part of your community. I am Thank you so much for allowing me to be part of you. And uh, I'm so looking forward to all the things that we can do together. Thank you so much. And uh, you, can, you can tell us where, how, we, how people can find us. I really recommend people, they, you can go to social media and find us pretty easily on there. I mean, it, 
and this is one thing, it doesn't matter if you're in real estate or if you're in another business, but if, uh, if you do try to be different and not better and, and try to really own your category, if you type in regenerative real estate, we're, we're probably going to be the people that pop up, but we, um, we have a mission to help inspire a more regenerative future. And we found that if you're able to stop the scroll, especially on something like Instagram, it can just be such a powerful way that writing essays and books just doesn't, doesn't really do it. So if anybody is on Instagram, you can find us at latitude.regenerative.re as in real estate. We're on Facebook. We got Medium. Um, I, I host another podcast called the Regenerative Real Estate Podcast that is more of the philosophical side of regeneration in the built environment. And so I just I think what we're doing and getting the message out on a different number of, of platforms is critical and so amazing. So it's just been a real pleasure to, to meet you and uh, to see where you want to go with your business and to have the opportunity to come on this podcast. Yes, thank you.